Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord God, for today's reading, March 11th of our 365 Bible, starting with Numbers chapter 15, verses 17 to 1640. Thank you, Father God, for bringing us together, Anna and I, here to read your word and to enjoy it as we read and gleam your presence, your glory from the word of God. Thank you, Lord God. We ask you, Lord, to make us good disciples, Lord, students of your word, that we may receive help in time of need through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Then the Lord said to Moses, give the following instructions to the people of Israel. When you arrive in the land where I am taking you and you eat the crops that grow there, you must set aside as a sacred offering to the Lord. Present a cake from the first of the flour you grind and set it aside as a sacred offering as you do with your first grain from the threshing floor. Throughout the generation to come, you are to present a sacred offering to the Lord each year from the first of your ground flour. But suppose you unintentionally fail to carry out all of these commands that the Lord has given you through Moses, and suppose your descendants in the future fail to do everything the Lord has commanded through Moses. If the mistake was made unintentionally and the community was unaware of it, the whole community must present a young bull for a burnt offering as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. It must be offered along with its prescribed grain offering and liquid offering and one with one male goat for a sin offering. With it, the priest will purify the whole community of Israel, making them right with the Lord. And they will be forgiven, for it was an unintentional sin, and they have corrected it with their offering to the Lord, the special gift and the, of the, and the sin offering. The whole community of Israel will be forgiven, including the foreigners living among you, for all the people were involved in the sin. If one individual commits an unintentional sin, the guilty person must bring a one-year-old female goat for a sin offering. The priest will sacrifice it to purify the guilty person be before the Lord and the person will be forgiven. <laughs> These same instructions apply both to native-born Israelites and to the foreigners living among you. But those who brazenly violate the Lord's will, whether native-born Israelites or foreigners, have blasphemed the Lord and they must be cut off from the community since they have treated the Lord's word with contempt and deliberately disobeyed his commands, they must be completely cut off and suffer the punishment of their guilt. One day, while the people of Israel were in the wilderness, they discovered a man gathering wood on the Sabbath day. The people who found him doing this took him before Moses, Aaron, and the rest of the community. They held him in custody because they did not know what to do with him. Then the Lord said to Moses, the man must be put to death. The whole community must stone him outside the camp. So the whole community took the man outside the camp and stoned him to death, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Then the Lord said to Moses, give the following instruction to the people of Israel. Throughout the generation to come, you must make tassels for the hems of your clothing and attach them with a blue cord. When you see the tassels, you will remember and obey all the commands of the Lord instead of following your own desires and defiling yourself. 
as you are prone to do. The tassels will help you remember that you must obey all of my commands and be holy to your God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt that I might be your God. I am the Lord your God. One day Korah, son of Ishar, Ishar, a descendant of Kohat, son of Levi, and conspired with Dayton and Abiram, the sons of Eliab and on son of Pelet from the tribe of Reuben. They incited a rebellion against Moses along with 250 other leaders of the community, all prominent members of the assembly. They united against Moses and Aaron and said, You have gone too far. The hook community of Israel has been set apart by the Lord and he is with us all, all of us. What right do you have to act as though you are greater than the rest of the Lord's people? When Moses heard what they were saying, he fell face down on the ground. Then he said to Korah and his followers, Tomorrow morning the Lord will show us who belongs to him and who is holy. The Lord will allow only those whom he selects to enter his own presence. Korah, you and all your followers must present Prepare your incense burners, light fires in them tomorrow, and burn incense before the Lord. Then we will see whom the Lord chooses as his holy one. You Levites are the ones who have gone too far. Then Moses spoke again to Korah. Now listen, you Levites, does it seem insignificant to you that the God of Israel has chosen you from among all the community of Israel to be near him, so you can serve in the Lord's tabernacle and stand before the people of minister them. Korah, he had already given the special ministry to you and your fellow Levites. Are you now demanding the priesthood as well? The Lord is the one you and your followers are really revolving against. For who is Aaron that you are complaining about him? <clears throat> then Moses summoned Dayton and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, but they replied, We refuse to come before you. Isn't it enough that you brought us out of Egypt, a land of flowing with milk and honey, to kill us here in this wilderness, and that you now treat us like your subjects? What's more, you haven't brought us into another land flowing with milk and honey. You haven't given us a new homeland with fields and vineyards. Are you trying to fool these men? We will not come. When Then Moses became very angry and said to the Lord, Do not accept their grain offerings. I have not taken so much as a donkey from them, and I have never heard a single one of them. And Moses said to Korah, You and all your followers must come here tomorrow and present yourself before the Lord. Aaron will also be here. You and each of your 250 followers must prepare an instance burner and put incense in it so you can all present them before the Lord. Aaron will also bring his instant burner. So each of these men prepare an instant burner, lit the fire, and placed incense on it. Then they all stood at the entrance of the tabernacle with Moses and Aaron. Meanwhile, Korah had stirred up the entire community against Moses and Aaron, and they all gathered at the tabernacle's entrance. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to the whole community, and the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Get away from all these people, said I may instantly destroy them. 
But Moses and Aaron fell down on the ground. O oh God, they pleaded, you are the God who gives breath to all create creatures. Must you be angry with all the people when only one man sins? Then the Lord said to Moses, then tell all the people to get away from the tents of Korah, Dayton, and Abiram. So Moses got up and rushed over to the tents of Dayton and Abiram, followed by the elders of Israel. Quick, he told the people, get away from these tents of these wicked men and don't touch anything that belongs to them. If you do, you will be destroyed for their sins. So all the people stood back from the tents of Korah, Dayton, and Abiram. Then Dayton and Abiram came out and stood at the entrance of their tents together with their wives and their children and their little ones. And Moses said, This is how you will know that the Lord has sent me to do all these things that I have done, for I have not done them on my own. If these men die a natural death, or if nothing unusual happens, then the Lord has not sent me. But if the Lord does something entirely new, and the ground opens its mouth and swallows them and all their belongings, and they go down alive into the grave, then you will know that these men have shown contempt to the Lord. He had hardly finished speaking the words with the ground suddenly split open beneath them. The earth opened its mouth and swallowed the men, along with their households and all their followers who were standing with them and everything they owned. So they went down alive into the grave along with all their belongings. The earth closed over them and they all vanished from among the people of Israel. All the people around them fled when they heard their screams. The earth will swallow us too, they cried. Then fire blazed forth from the Lord and burned up the 250 men who were offering incense. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Eleazar, son of Aaron, the priest, to pull all of the incense burners from the fire, for they are holy. Also tell him to scatter the burning coals. Take the incense burner of these men who have sinned at the cost of their lives and hammer the metal in a thin sheet to overlay the altar. Since they, burners, were used in the Lord's presence, they have become holy. Let them serve, serve as a warning to the people of Israel. So Eliasar, the priest, collected the 250 bronze incense burners that had been used by the man who died in the fire. He hammered them into a thin sheet of overlay the, and overlay the altar. This would warn the Israelites that no unauthorized person, no one who was not a descendant of Aaron, should ever enter the Lord's presence to burn incense. If anyone did, the same thing would happen to him as happened to Korah and his followers. So the Lord's instructions to Moses were carried out. Would you like for me to read commentary, or you would, um, you want to read a commentary? Uh, no commentaries. I think we could just. Uh, you know what? I really enjoy reading how harsh the guy got stoned for picking up wood on yes, Saturday. Yes. I mean, you know, at least they wanted to make a demonstration of him, and you know, th today's standards, you know, people sin and they don't get stoned, and um, you know, for that infraction sometimes i wondered who uh 
who's talking to Moses, you know. So this is what the Lord says. If it wasn't on Moses' own, you know, uh, own inspired, you know, if his spirit, human spirit was speaking, you know, <laughs> letter of the law. I don't know. I'm glad I don't know nothing. I just enjoy reading. And uh, and then uh, it's interesting that those guys forgot all the all the works that Moses did through in Egypt, you know, that God, they opened the Red Sea, they provided miracle after miracle after miracle, and find out that there were always going to be divisions and jealousies and pride and contempt and say, who are you? Who are you? Even when you try to take some authority over a friend of yours that you want them to rest and you send a strong text and they say, well, who are you? Know, in essence, they're saying, who are you? You know, right. Are you in control? And you're coming from caring, from a, a side view of caring. And I just experienced that this morning. I'm, you know, I, said, I said, you know, you should rest. You know, a recreation day of Saturday is a restful day. Well, you know, that's a good point. Um, in that day, the men got stoned for doing the wood. So they were real, remember, they were real letters to the law that Jesus, that God gave the, the, the commandments and the instructions. So it was like, I'm reading this, I'm like, that is really hard to follow. Oh my goodness, you know, you got to... Uh, if somebody unintentionally sins, you gotta do a burnt offering, a sin offering, and then everybody gets forgiven. I mean, it's just it's a lot. Do this, do it this way, right? It, it just seems like a lot of instructions to me, and it's like I'm so glad we're not in that era. It's easier to go drink, huh? <laughs> uh, but my my thought on this, if you're looking at today's standards or today's, because. The Lord does say, you know, he rested when he created the world, right? So, if he says to rest, he means it. Okay? Hey, does that apply for us today? I, 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 I think it does. What day is today? Today's Saturday. It's a special rest day. Huh? It could be Saturday, it could be Sunday. Okay, there you go so, again. But, um, but rest is important. I, you know, I, I think that um, when you see people not resting is when their trouble can come. Now, they may not be stoned, but trouble can come. From not resting. Yeah, well, resting. everybody experienced that, you know, that amen, amen. Um, so, so anyways, that, that's a, anyway. Stuff happens on Saturday. You should be out there. You need. You're working all week. You need a day to refresh yourself. And if you, you, and it's not just rest. It's like, well, read your Bible. You know, learn about the Lord. You know, take time to refresh yourself and get re-energized for your week. Right. Um. So, anyways. Uh, the other thing I wanted to point out is that here in 37, it says, uh, Then the Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel throughout the generations to come. You must make tassels for the hems of your clothing and attach them with a blue cord. 
when you see the tassels, you will remember and obey the commands of the Lord instead of following your own desires and defiling yourselves as you are prone to do. The tassels will help you remember that you must obey all my commands and be holy to your God. Okay. I was watching The Chosen yesterday, and this man was, he was traveling, going somewhere, and the lady told him, where are your tassels? And he didn't have any tassels on. He kind of had a t-shirt on and maybe a vest or something. Because, ah, you know, he just kind of just shrugged it off. And then, at the, and I thought, hmm, what does that signify? So here it is, is telling me what they were dealing with yesterday in the, in the movie, mm. in the show. <laughs> and then he shows up to, I think, I don't know, the place he was going to. I don't know, was with the Roman soldier. I, I'm not really sure. But the guy said it again. He said, why aren't you wearing your tassels? You know, it's against the law that you have a cloth on top of a cloth. I'm like, oh, so that kind of stood up on mine. So now I'm reading it here. It's just interesting that God, you so know. So what is, uh, what is our tassel for today? Well, a, ta a tassel is a reminder to remember. It's really interesting that God told him, so you can remember. remember to obey my commands. To remember, you know, uh, it says God's blessings Okay, you can remember God's blessings and then you'll get blessed, right? But they but they need to realize that in their new life there would be accountability to God. Privilege always brings with it responsibility, says the recovering Bible. God was affirming this principle with a new generation of Israelites. That you know, they took uh you know, it was an important accountability process, and that's why we carry three by five cards. I put rubber bands on friends of mine and I tell them, uh, do a sacrifice of praise to the Lord whatever your hurt or your emotions hurt you and everything. And actually, it's just a reminder to keep acknowledging God. That's one of the main sins and one of the main things of the tassels is to remember the Lord your God. Yeah, it said, because I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and I might... Be your God, and I am the Lord your God. That I might be your God, I am the Lord your God. So I, I do, it says the tassels will help you remember that. You must obey all my commands and be holy to your God, and I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. That I might be your God, I am the Lord your God. So it's a strong reminder, these tassels, to remember your God, right? You know, it's really for our own good, you know, if I'm, I have an opportunity to acknowledge the Lord in all my ways, and then I will make my way successful. That's in the Old Testament. I mean, it's to my own benefit. It's like, you know, look both ways, you know, when you cross the street, when our parents tell us. God is, uh, uh, this obeying is because he loves me, because God loves me. It was a visual reminder that the commitment to obey God was important in very realm of life. Although the New Testament does not command such a ritual for us today, the principle behind it is still helpful. As we commit our life to God, we need to realize that obedience to Him is important in all areas of our life. But a lot of people don't think that thanking God for a problem is obedience. Hmm. You know, hmm. that doesn't fall right, right in their category. Right. You know, how can, how can a loving, you thank God, a loving God for something uh, your wife left you, your kids running on alcohol, or something is, is dramatically wrong, or you're sick, right? You can be sick and thankful to God and, and, and have his 
praise and worship and thank him, you know. And that's a step in the right direction, right? Because you're... Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Um, how the one, you know, Moses was, was told God, hey, don't take their offerings. So Moses had a connection and an influence with God, right? In here. But it's amazing how ungrateful the people became. They got pulled out of the Egypt, and now here they are saying, did you come out of here just to kill us, right? It says here in, in 12, then Moses summoned Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, but they replied, we refuse to come before you. Isn't it enough? You brought us out of Egypt, a land flowing with milk and honey to kill us here in this wilderness, and that you now treat us like your subjects? What's more, you haven't brought us into another land flowing with milk and honey. You haven't given us a a new homeland with fields and vineyards. Are you trying to fool these men? We will not come. So here we go. They haven't gotten there yet. Okay. They're looking at their natural circumstance. You know, they know Moses is a man of God. They know he's been given instructions. And they are just looking at the surroundings that may, yeah, maybe they're not perfect, but... At the same time, you know, we have to do the same thing here on earth because sometimes our circumstances don't look like they're supposed to. You've prayed it through, you fasted, you, you read your Bible, you believe, you have faith, and your circumstance is still the same. And you're wondering when, when God. Okay, so I'm going to tie that in with what you said. You know, it, 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 we could become an ungrateful heart at that point. So thanking God for exactly where you're at, every step of the way of your journey and the problem or the trial is an act of obedience, putting the problem into God's hand. And guess what? God will send the angels. God will bring you peace. God will come in and do a slam dunk for you. But if you keep your eyes on the natural, what's happening around you, oh, you know, um, whatever it is you're going through, then that's that's a problem because where's your God? Your God is a supernatural God. Your God is full of power and wisdom. And he loves you. So you got to take your eyes off of what you see in the natural and put your heaven heavenly perspective glasses on and say, nope, my God has brought me through before. He's going to do it again. And that's that. Amen. You know, and the, uh, one of what is getting to on our next chapter we read uh, is getting to uh, more people are going to die. The situation is going to happen again, you know, and, uh, you know, they're going to go up against Aaron. That's where they, his, his, his staff is butted. You know, it's in today, in today's churches, it's the same problem. Yeah. You know, people are questioning the leadership of right. the church and, right. and contestants yeah. and so forth. Or even rebelling or against p- the... pitting the scripture against yeah. scripture. Or even rebelling against the but government. One th- oh, okay. But one thing is clear that uh, the, the Christ's resurrection proved chosen by that he, he was to be the mediator between God and people. 
for us today, cleansing from sin and a proper approach to God can come only through a relationship with Christ. And people dispute that one, huh? He alone makes it possible for, to us to be reconciled with God, to make it back home into heaven. You know, the word recover means that at one time it implies that we were covered at one time, that one time we were covered with our Abba Father, with the Father in heaven, had us in loving hands, covering like when we came out of our, our family, four or five years old, we had a loving covering in the home, and then we went out into the world, and prayer didn't seem to work for me, so I uncovered myself, and I started doing simple things, stealing and so forth, but when I came back into realization that I needed to be covered again under God's authority, I recovered and I'm recovering uh, his love, his forgiveness, his, his happiness, his joy. Uh, through Jesus Christ to the Father, again, I've been recovered. I just wanted to say about that word recovery. Now, let me go ahead and read the uh, commentary on what the Bible says. Moses saw through their accusations to their true motivation. Some of the Levites wanted the power of the priesthood. Yet they did have significant worthwhile abilities and responsibilities already of their own. In the end, however, their envy of Aaron and ambition for greater honor caused them to lose everything. Inappropriate ambition is greed in disguise. Like Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, we often desire the special qualities God has given others. Concentrate on your service to God instead of wishing you were someone else's shoes. Interesting, huh? How we uh, we ourselves can, I want to be able to heal people in an instant, you know? And mostly, God has given that to a special few that are anointed, that can pray for people, uh, that can handle maybe that kind of uh, power, huh? Mm -hmm. But the God Bible says we can and we have and we continue to try and heal people and bless others because that's that's in our hearts to do. That's called compassion. We have the compassion of Christ Jesus. Maybe that's not the right demonstration, but what about wanting a new pickup truck, wanting wanting to go to another state to a seminar, uh, wanting to fly an airplane to a new island, you know, wanting adventure. Is that uh, greed or is just uh, a happiness? joy the desires of our hearts the only way we can find out is by asking god for signs and wonders signs and and to to align our desires with his desire amen okay i'm getting into another um, i just want to point out because in this scenario moses spoke out and he says you will know uh if they die this way or they die this way then you're going to know god's doing something Right, so they fell into the ground and got swallowed up, but Moses warned the people get away. Okay, so I just want to point out that this is something that you read the Old Testament and you see these actions are taking that take place, you know, and and in, and I just want to compare it to today's New Testament. Well, today where we're at in the country, in the world, uh, disasters happen, and one of the first thing people say is God did this and I, I and I, you know because you read things like this you see the power of God dealing with this in the Old Testament 
we're in the new covenant now with Jesus. And I believe that we are seeing, you know, these times be, you know, there's a lot of things happening with the weather and all that kind of stuff. So what I'm saying is that, you know, if something bad happens, people are quick to point it and blame God for that. But now God, scripture says, he will always turn things around for good. What the enemy means for evil, he will turn it around for good. So in those times, it's tough to see the hand of God protecting us and saving us. But we're on earth. It is a fallen earth that we're on still here. And I'm not sure if I'm being clear or not. I just wanted to say that God's a good God. It's a big subject, you know. It's very, very huge yeah. what you're you know, trying to. And all of us experience life in different avenues, you know, what works for us or how, we, you know, you give that information. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's funny that you say all that. I just read Mark 13. And it talks about those things happening and so forth. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and you know, and I was thinking a child would hear that seven, eight years old, and it'll scare the daylight out of a child. And they have scared daylights. And preachers have done a good job of scaring the wits out of children. You read Mark 13, and it talks, you know, wars and rumors of wars. Right. And father will Famines. kill sons, and sons will kill mother and father. And yeah. All kinds of 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 stuff, and he said, "Man, where? Well, how come that doesn't contradict to the peace that says, I am with you? My peace is with you always, you know. So it, it's uh, that in itself to me, it's like you have to go with your gut feeling that the love of God is in your heart. Yes, you know, and what Rama word, what God's word gives to you, you, you know, He stamps in our hearts, I love you." And I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And, and that's evident every time we wake up in the morning. He, the joy of the Lord is in our heart. He's there. He's here. Yeah. And that strengthens us to, um, to understand that we live one day at a time. Yes. Praising him today. Yes. Because we can read our Bible. It means he loves us. We have yeah. that obedience, that will, that free will. We're well rested. We're healed. We're, we have the time and the energy uh, to read our Bible. So that means God is taking care of us. Amen. You know, we're doing this out of pride, out of ego. We're not getting any profit out of it. Now we're getting enjoyment. And maybe, yes, profit, but we're getting enjoyment out of the reading the Word of God. This is awesome. Another thing I wanted to point out is how Moses got on his face mm -hmm. and he was so humble before yes. God. The Bible says he's the humblest man in the whole world. You know, he got he got into his face and he started probably crying. And then he saw right to the people. He goes, isn't it, you Levites, isn't it well that you've been chosen as a tribe to serve the Lord God in all these areas? Now you want the priesthood? Now you want the whole, you give, like you give a person an inch, then he wants the mile. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it does say here, he felt, you know, I like the point you just brought up. He fell down on his face. He had you know, mercy in his heart for the people. And he pleaded, he said, you are God who gives breath to all creatures. Must you be angry with all the people when only one man sins? You know, so I, I just, I, I, don't, I, I think, anyway, that's, 
Amen. Nice good, tip. good point. Okay, let's go ahead and move on. Your next Mark chapter fifteen, okay. please. Yes. <laughs> we we can't just read through the Old Testament. You know? I, I just, thought, you know, like you what know, am I going to get out of this? It you know, just those rattles are little our mind, our imagination. Little points are stirring in my heart. These questions, you know, that you know, and I it's try like, to always compare then with what I'm what's going on in the world right now because that kind of puts things in perspective. Perspective. perspective yeah yeah and and at the end of the day is love and a grateful heart is is what wins so and where do we get that love and a grateful heart from jesus right yeah from knowing so we, we should we should you know jesus said i have i have fulfilled the old testament yeah. so it's kind of like the old instructions on how to bake a cake i have fulfilled that now let us go ahead and enjoy the cake which is jesus christ you know, and, and waiting on a word for him so we can go yeah. talk to a neighbor or he puts someone in our hearts. The idea is the salvation of people's souls. Yes, exactly. That's exactly. what we want. At the end right? of the day, right? We don't want to be knowledgeable. We want to know who do you want us to save and we want to be prayered up and then so we could be well informed. Yeah. You know, uh, it's, Amen. Okay. okay, let's go. Let's Mark. Go. Mark chapter <laughs> 15. Mark chapter 15. 1 through 47. Mark chapter 15, 1 to 47. Very early in the morning, the leading priests, the elders, and the teachers of the religious law, the entire high council, met to discuss their next step. They bound Jesus, led him away, and took him to Pilate, the Roman governor. Pilate asked Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus replied, you have said it. Then the leading priest kept accusing him of many crimes. And Pilate asked him, aren't you going to answer them? What about all these charges they're bringing against you? But Jesus said nothing, much to Pilate's surprise. Now it was with the governor's custom each year during the Passover celebration to release one prisoner, anyone the people requested. One of the prisoners at that time was Barabbas, a revolutionary who had committed murder in an uprising. The crowd went to uh, Pilate. Wait, is it Pilate's? <laughs> okay, Pilate and asked him to release a prisoner as usual. Would you like me to release to you this king of the Jews, Pilate asked. For he realized by now that the leading priests had arrested Jesus out of envy. But at this point, the leading priests stirred up the crowd to demand the release of Barabbas instead of Jesus. Pilate asked them, then what should I do with this man you call the king of the Jews? They shouted back, crucify him. Why, Pilate demanded. What crime has he committed? But the mob roared even louder, crucify him. So to pacify the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He ordered Jesus flogged with a lead-tipped whip, then turned, over, turned him over to the Roman soldiers to be crucified. The soldiers took Jesus into the courtyard of the governor's headquarters called the... Uh, praetorium and called out the entire regiment 
They dressed him in a purple robe and they wove thorn branches into a crown and put it on his head. Then they saluted him and taunted, Hail, King of the Jews. And they struck him on the head with a reed stick, spit on him, and dropped to their knees in mock worship. When they were finally tired of mocking him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him again. Then they led him away to be crucified. A passerby named Simon, who was from Cyrene, was coming in from the countryside just then, and the soldiers forced him to carry Jesus' cross. Simon was the father of Alexander and Rufus. And they brought Jesus to a place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull. They offered him wine, drugged with myrrh, but he refused it. Then the soldiers nailed him to the cross. They divided his clothes and threw dice to decide who would get each piece. It was nine o'clock in the morning when they crucified him. A sign announced the charge against him. It read, the king of the Jews. Two revolutionaries were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. The people passing by shouted abuse, shaking their heads in mockery. Ha, look at you now, they yelled at him. You said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Well then, save yourself and come down from the cross. The leading priests and teachers of religious law also mocked Jesus. He saved others, they scoffed. But he can't save himself. Let the Messiah, the King of Israel, come down from the cross so we can see it and believe him. Even the men who were crucified with Jesus ridiculed him. Ridiculed him. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. Then at three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah. One of them ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, holding it up to him on a reed stick so he could drink. Wait, he said. Let's see whether Elijah comes to take him down. Then Jesus uttered another loud cry and breathed his last, and the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. When the Roman officer who stood facing him saw how he had died, he exclaimed, this man was truly the son of God. Some women were there watching from a distance, including Mary Mag Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, the younger and of Joseph, and Sa Salome. Salome. They had been followers of Jesus and had cared for them while he was in Galilee. Many other women who had come with him to Jerusalem were also there. This all happened on Friday, the day of the preparation, the day before the Sabbath. As evening approached, Joseph of Aramea, Arimathea, took a risk and went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. 
Joseph's was an honored member of the high council and he was waiting for the king he was waiting for the kingdom of God to come. Pilate couldn't believe that Jesus was already dead. So he called for the Roman officer and asked if he had died yet. The officer confirmed that Jesus was dead. So Pilate told Joseph he could have the body. Joseph brought or bought a long sheet of linen cloth. Then he took Jesus' body down from the cross, wrapped it in the cloth, and laid it in the tomb that had been carved out of the rock. Then he rolled a stone in front of the entrance. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where Jesus' body was laid. Amen. Oh, heavy stuff. Amen and amen. Heavy stuff. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for us. Amen. You know, in, in the form of uh, thanking God for our situations and problems, really, the obedience is so important in, uh, in sacrificing what we think is the right way to handle our past. If we thank God for, for doing wrong all those years and everything, uh, we're actually really asking God to get us ready to touch somebody with our testimony and, and getting, it, getting it and cashing it in for future uh, explanations to others in how God has uh, brought us out of this prison. Drinking, breaking the cycle of drinking, breaking the cycle of rage, breaking the cycle of uh, temptation and pornography, breaking the cycle of death, or you know, even uh, eating, speaking too loud. God has delivered us from all these things, and true obedience is our feelings want to live in yesterday. Our regrets want to live on yesterday. So that's one of the biggest things that pulls us from having a, a future of, of absence, a future of freedom, happy, joyous, and free away from the drink, the drug, is because our emotions and feelings, first their pride and regret, you, you, you think you can fix the past with your faith, and Jesus said, sufficient for today are the troubles thereof. You know, in other words, we're, we have enough faith to deal with today's situations, and by thanking God, we can put those feelings around. If those feelings keep bugging me, I say, hey, thank you, I'm glad I did that. I praise God I did that. Now I have something to thank God about it. I'll have to talk to my feelings and say, thank you, God, for this situation. One of the things that the Recovery Bible, and I'll pass it back to you, says, that Jesus' purpose is coming to earth was to serve others and to give his life as a payment for our sins, as a payment for our past, for our past lives. This is a key thought in Mark's gospel. So that's why I say, thank you, Jesus Christ, that you died for my sins. You died for my drinking, my death. You died for all the wrong I did, all the, all the, all the people I hurt and everything. I thank you, Jesus. At this now, in Mark's gospel, at this excruciating moment, when the Lord was on the cross, the Savior bore the pain and punishment for all of the sins we have ever committed. This is truly good news, okay? That's why we don't have any more, we should not have any more shame. We should not have any more regret. We actually should be in love because Jesus has cleared our hearts. 
Although we are never good enough to gain God's favor, Jesus' sacrifice provides the eternal security necessary for a complete recovery. No matter how hard we try, we can never attain recovery from sin and its effects under our own power or effort. We try that. But with God's help, we can overcome even the most terrible sin, dependency or compulsion we can overcome through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And those comments are from the, our Recovery Bible. Amen and amen. Do you have anything else, Anna? Yeah, I just... Um amazed by all the you know the the reed being um struck on the head with the reed stick spit on mocked you know uh, uh hit with the lead tip uh what do you call that thing uh Cat's clogged cool. yeah um nailed to the cross crucified um just mocked to the end it just you know, when you look at all this this gospel and how descriptive it is of what happened, um, it's incredible. It's incredible to you know you almost can place yourself at that time. Just it's it's like hard to understand still that he went through all that. But yet, even in the beginning, when they said, "Are you the King of the Jews?" "Yes, I am," he says. And then they accused him of all these things, and he didn't respond to the accusations. He just went forth. You know, and they couldn't understand why he didn't say anything about that. He didn't have to defend himself. You know, he, yeah, and, 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 and to the end, uh, I was just, when the man, it says here, when the Roman officer who stood facing him saw how he had died, he exclaimed, this man truly was the son of God. So he was touched through all of that. Mm. He probably got saved. Amen. He was Amen. the Messiah. Wow, you know, so that's a really big uh, deal, you know. As hard it is to watch on the screen when the passion came out, as hard it is to even read some of it, we don't even. I mean, he just was obedient to the Father. The Father sent him to save us, and he he was obedient all the way through. You know, doesn't that doesn't that? I mean to forgive you of your sin, to forgive me of my sins, to give me a clean slate, and to make me, you know, the kingdom had come finally. You know, how exciting is that? Um, wow, this is really, I didn't expect to read this this morning, but okay. Amen, amen. And that's that's where where God touches our heart. You know, he went through all that much yeah. to touch our compassionate heart that unjustly he was he was trialed and crucified and yeah. when when and it helps us to heal from our human emotions. It yeah. says that God is just and he is fair. So we have the problem with 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 sin and scarred our emotions and our and and then God goes to the extreme of getting his son whipped and hurt. And if we can see that, to see the difference, it loosens up our hurts. It loosens up our despair and our, you know, and somehow the, 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 the blessing and the miracle of healing takes place through observing the scriptures from what, 
of this reading and watching the, the crucifixion on the cross and laying our, our face, our hands, our eyes on Jesus and being restored from our sickness, our disease, our hurts, our pains, our regrets, our, our devious arsons and stuff. You know, we get healed by having human compassion for the creator and for the wrong has happened to him. It's, it's a mystery. And I think I could, you know, see where people find it hard to believe this happened. You know, and so, but to have your your judgment, your shame, your your inequities, your you know all the sins that you ever committed, being placed at this one time and place on Jesus. And, and, the God, and God has forgiven you. So that means that let it go. He's done it already. You don't have to do a thing to earn that. It, he finished the work for you. Uh, the healing is for you. You know, you can begin to open up your eyes and expand how big that is, okay? I mean, it's a, for, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him shall have, have eternal life. Okay, that's huge. That's huge. I Amen. Mean, Beautiful. God Amen. has mercy for us, and and you know now your positioning is I I'm gonna position myself that it's done, and I'm gonna walk forward in victory already because Jesus produced the victory at the cross, right? And you're walking forward with the blessing. Okay, you got the blessing. You're walking. You got favor, you got healing, you got provision, supplies, wisdom, whatever it is you need. And we have to, we don't have to earn that because Jesus brought it. Your job is take hold of it. You take hold of it and you walk with what authority he's given you on the earth to be successful. The abundant life now. Now it's time for the abundant life on the earth. No matter what's going on around you and all this stuff. Rumors of war, famine, whatever. You got this because it's been provided to you. Now, if you already believe, you got to start walking in your position in the heavenly place with Jesus to, re to, to receive what's yours already. It's a matter of inheritance. If your family member passed away and they left you an inheritance, you're not going to sit there and go, well, yeah, okay, maybe in 20 years I'll get that. No, you want it now. So that's that's what I'm that's what I'm proposing to everybody right now. It's yours. <laughs> you don't have to pay for it. It's done for you. Start meditating on that and and ask the Holy Spirit for the revelation of the crucifixion and I'm no longer condemned. You know, I don't have to save myself from myself. I don't do a good job when I do it that way, you know. But the power of God and the Holy Spirit's access, come on. Okay. Good. Right on, sister. Thank okay. you. Oh. All right, would you uh, remember what God has done, reflect on what God is doing, anticipate what God will do. That is a beautiful thing through the, through the Christ Jesus. Yes. Now, reading Psalm 54, 1 through 7. Lord. 
Lord, we thank you, Lord God, for the reading of today and bring it home into our hearts, Lord God, that we may know thee in the true sense of Jesus Christ's death on the cross, Lord, as being part of our walking life, that we may heal and save and call others into the kingdom of God. Lord, we just thank you for our neighbors. We ask you for their salvation, yes, that they be touched with Jesus. Lord, that their neighbors will become born again, spirit-filled, Bible-believing, tongue-talking, and devil-destroying Christians, Lord. We just claim every one of them that, Lord, there'll be a sign of who you want us to minister to, Lord. Give us a sign that we may go, Lord, boldly proclaim the word of God in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come with great power, O God, and rescue me, Psalm 54. Defend me with your might. Listen to my prayer, O God. Pay attention to my plea, for strangers are attacking me. Violent people are trying to kill me. They can't care nothing for God. But God is my helper. The Lord keeps me alive. May the evil plans of my enemies be turned against them. Do as you promise and put an end to them. I will sacrifice a voluntary offering to you. I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good, for you have rescued me from my troubles and helped me to triumph over my enemies. Amen and amen. Proverbs 11, verse 5 through 6. The godly are directed by honesty. The wicked fall beneath their load of sin. The godliness of good people rescues them. The ambition of treacherous people traps them. Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord, for the reading. And thank you, everyone, for coming today. And Anna, thank you for your, your love and your thoughts. In, this, in Jesus' name, we bless you all. Amen. Thank you for coming today. Amen. What happened at the Catholic Church that you, uh, you have? Is that called kudos or praise? For the Catholic Church? What is that called? Well, that, that they did a good job hitting it home in my heart that Jesus died on the cross for me. Okay. So, you know, I was young, going to catechism every Monday for so many years. Um, so, <clears throat> they hit that part really well. So apparently we've been reading a chapter 15 of Mark and it has touched your heart. And I can see that uh, your intelligence and your experience and your, your feelings of the Holy Spirit and you're not the same person you were a few years ago. We gravitate. It's, it's funny, we read this before, but then it touches our heart yeah. in a new, different way and God is moving in our hearts. Isn't that right. wonderful? It is wonderful. We are, you know, we... The scripture says we go from faith to faith, glory to glory, right? We're, we're meant to take those kind of leaps and bounds over, but that's only by reading the word of God. If that Does that Holy Spirit give you the revelations, you know, as you're going through that? You know, you might be sitting down going, okay, I'm just going to read this. Okay, I'm reading it again. Okay, but nuggets pop out at you when you do that. So uh, I just, it, it's like a pondering that's taking place after I read that I'm, that I'm saying these things is that, you know, when I was growing up, my mom took us to church every Sunday to the Catholic church and we hit it home, you know, and I went to catechism. It was, 
You know, Jesus died on the cross to save you from your sins. That was the base they taught me. And that's good. So, so my point now is how do we, how do we get to a point where for some people it's hard to, if they haven't been introduced like I was, so it's hard for them to even by faith say that they've been saved at the cross through Jesus' finished work. So once you get that, or what he died for and what, what came with the, it's like a bundled package that you get. It's like a big old box full of inheritance and surprises and, and gifts that are available to you. So now the point is, once you get that in your spirit about why he did what he did, then you can easily slip into that part of, you know, walking from that position of victory already, despite the the, the trials you're going through, despite the lack of finances, despite the that you're not married and you're single, despite that, you know, you got battles with being a single mother, despite you know, whatever your issues are, addiction, you have this package available to you to overcome and you got to walk from that place, not condemning yourself, you know, but, but walking with the mind of Christ because the scripture says you have the mind of Christ. Okay, so now you get that, even just that one scripture, you say, I've got the mind of Christ, okay. Well, if you've got the mind of Christ, you know Christ wasn't addicted to alcohol or drugs or pornography or whatever. So now you start saying, as Jesus is, so am I in this world, okay? You know, does Jesus have a hurt shoulder? No. Neither do I, because he's healed me at the cross. You know, you got to start working with the word. And, and you know, did Jesus is Jesus the God of more than enough? Yes, he is. Okay, Lord, I receive my more than enough into my household. You know, you start learning. You start taking those steps of faith. And you see little miracles as you walk through. You walk through. Oh, but just thanking God for all these things is, 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 is like a, a weapon in itself. You know, when you lose your keys, you lose your wallet, you know. You just, or you're not feeling well, or the, the person is getting at you, you know, because they're frustrating you. You start thanking God for the people just the way they are. And you begin to see God work on your behalf. So it's, it's sort of just set off a little opening of, wow, you know, that's for me. That belongs to me. I take hold of it. I receive it by faith. And I keep going forward in Jesus' name, no matter what. Thank you so much. Appreciate it.